0: Hey, you awesome folks. Thanks for taking this journey of discovery with your guide, Keith Haney. You're listening to the Becoming Bridge Builders podcast, your favorite podcast for everything from racial reconciliation to education innovation, justice reform, and leading change in the 21st century. This podcast is for people who love to be challenged with difficult topics, but want practical solutions to solve these challenging issues. Becoming Bridge Builders makes change possible. Each week on the podcast, Keith invites innovative thought leaders to share how they are building bridges in their area of expertise. You will hear breakthrough ideas and concepts that are changing the world. He's featuring guests who are best-selling authors, leaders at Microsoft, entrepreneurs, leading educators, professors, lawyers, and so many more. Listen in to learn how you can be the bridge to the change you are seeking.
1: My guest today is Kamicha Boudreaux. Training at the gym for a decade led her to a personal development journey that grew out of obsession. After dropping out of pre-med to chase her dreams, she's faced with a whole new level of obstacles far beyond her imagination. Her story is about persistence and overcoming. Her mission is to help others unlock the mindset and win in any endeavor. We welcome her to the podcast. Well, good morning. We welcome you to the show. How are you doing today?
2: Good morning. I'm doing great. How about yourself?
1: I'm great. It's a it's a phenomenal morning here.
2: Yes, I completely agree.
1: <laughs> yeah. So i love to ask my guest this question. Give me the best piece of advice you've ever received.
2: The best piece of advice I have ever received would be from my dad. And he said that, Actually, I'll give you, this is a two-parter. So my dad always told me when I was young that he said, always follow what makes you happy and don't chase the money. And then later on, I had a mentor say that you shouldn't be chasing the end result. You should always be chasing the process. And as long as you're keeping your daily process in check, you're sure I'd get the result. And so I feel like that's the best piece of advice that I ever received. And it was like a two-parter. Like my dad kind of, set the foundation for me to be able to accept that piece of advice that I got later on in my life.
1: I love that. So speaking of your dad, I'm just kind of curious. I love to talk to my guests about people in our lives who have influenced them along the way, because we don't always get time to stop and thank those people. Who are some people you want to kind of maybe give a shout out who were, who inspired you in your journey?
2: I mean, I would definitely say my dad for sure. Um, He was always like a huge, huge, influence in my life because he was always the type of person to um, be very in touch spiritually. And so he always let me know that no matter what I did, it was always like, you know, the right decision if I'm following my intuition and making choices for myself. My dad was really the type of person to empower me and um, just believe in me. Like, I feel like so many parents out there, they want to make decisions for their kids because they feel like after having X years of experience that they really know better. And well, I mean, I don't want to discount their experience, but like my dad said, he said, you know, Kamisha, you're living in a time where I've never lived. And, you know, with my past failures and my fears and limiting beliefs, I would maybe not take certain opportunities that you would out of fear. And, you know, like I've always been super into action. And so he just kind of empowered me to do what I thought was right. And I feel like that was really one of the best influences that I had in my life because it it created that self-reliance, self-confidence and self-belief.
1: I love that. So I read a little bit about your bio, and I'm kind of curious about your personal journey. You talked about how you took control of your life in your 20s. Can kind of give us Mm -hmm. kind of a snapshot of what what you went through and kind of how you overcame those things that you were struggling with?
2: Absolutely. So I feel like a snapshot of how I overcame those struggles. I mean, honestly, like my dad was such a huge supporter for me the whole time that I was going through all of that. And I find that when you have people in your corner that just have this underlying belief in you that, you know, you're going to make it through regardless and um, you're just going to be successful at the end, it helps reinforce that belief that you have in yourself. So I feel like no matter what the season was, my dad was always a huge, huge player. Like he said, um, he's always going to be my number one cheerleader. And that was always, always true.
1: That's great. So you are a coach, you help people Mm -hmm. to achieve their goals. And I've had a lot of coaches in my life, especially, you know, fitness coaches. So what makes you different from others in your field?
2: I feel like I'm the next generation. There's a lot of coaches that are, you know, in their 30s, and they're super successful. And I really look up to those people. And I hang out with them. Like Wes Watson is someone that influenced me a lot. Um, And I feel like as much as those people are it. You know what I mean? Like those are the big boys in the industry right now. And they're really like heavy hitters. They're they've got their success. Um you know, XYZ, like they're it right now. Like Jesse Lee, Bradley, um Wes Watson, even there's so many. There's so many people that just really inspire me, but I feel like I'm the next generation. So that is the advantage because we're growing up with a different mindset and we've had the help of these people that are at the top right now and we've been able to learn from them and we're younger. So me looking at the timeline, like um, one of the OGs that really mentored me to becoming a different person was Grant Cardone. And so looking at where was Grant Cardone when he was 25 years old? Or where was Grant Cardone when he was my age? I'm 22, you know? Um, I'm leaps and bounds ahead of him when he was 25. I'm leaps and bounds ahead of Wes when he was 25. Because I used those mentors and I used their experience and I used all of this beautiful knowledge and experience and, you know, I I approached it as a student. So for me, that's my biggest... Edge on other people is that you're not going to find someone as young as me with the amount of success and all of this stuff because I'm learning from these other people and I do believe that as cliche as it sounds is like no one can be you, right? But it's true though. Like no one lived in the house that I did with the parents that I did growing up in the community that I did with the struggles that I had um, overcame it with the mindset that I did and had the influences that I did and learned the same things that I did and when you think of it in like such a vast you know like just what I'm going to do today such a vast area of like all of these things could be completely different then you realize that your power is no one can be you and the next generation is going to be leaps and bounds ahead of the generation that is right now that's on the top right now so we're going to be able to get there faster and we're going to be able to go further than they were because just like the generation that came before them you know like Tony Robbins, Zig Ziglar, Brian Tracy, all of these people it took them way freaking longer they're only successful in their 50s and these guys are at the top in their 30s and so now you're just looking at like compressing that so I want to get to really like a level of success around like 25 and then go from there.
1: So you talk about your generation being different than Ziegler's, Ziegler's generation and others. What about your generation have you noticed that's a struggle that you can help that that young generation kind of overcome?
2: I mean, I think that by looking at the mass population of people, I really see that hunger and drive has diminish in the vast majority you know what I actually I like this topic of conversation because we were having this debate um just a few days ago where we were kind of like you know if we were raised in that generation would we think the way that we think or would we think the way that they think you know because we always kind of see a divide of like the super hungry driven ambitious crazy people that are like you said up at 5 a.m working on their stuff going to bed at nine Not a lot of people live that lifestyle. So, would we be like that or would we be like how we are? You know, but I mean, I think that regardless what generation we're in or whatever, I think that the biggest thing is that, you know, we're all connected. It's the first universal law. And so, if we can help other people elevate themselves, no matter what level they're at, I always see the divide between like, the top performers and the people that don't even have the drive to get out of bed in the morning. So if I can help those people become more hungry, more clear on their goals um, and really influence them in a way that they feel like no one else influences them in their life, I feel like I've done my part because at the end of the day, you know what? That's what Grant Cardone did for me. That's what Tony Robbins did for me. That's how Zig Ziglar impacted me. That's how all of these people impacted me. And that's why I started to become the type of person that I am. And even though I'm not reaching the levels of success that I want yet, had I not had those influences in my life, I wouldn't be able to become the type of person that I am now.
1: You talked about a little bit about the fact that you had to overcome some struggles in your life and some obsessions you're not alone for your generation. That's become kind of the, I think the obstacle so many young people are dealing with. There's deeper depression. There are more substance abuse issues for someone who's dealing with that right now. What advice would you have for someone who's stuck in that cycle of abuse, obsession, uh, mental, mental breakdown, kind of what, what words do you have as a coach to help some of those people who are kind of stuck there?
2: Ooh, that. That was one of my toughest obstacles in my life was overcoming addiction and overcoming all of that. But if I had to go back and do it all again, my mindset would be, so let me just bring myself back. I'm bringing myself back to when I was really struggling the most. I was abusing prescription drugs. I was smoking weed all the time. And a lot of people are like, there's no problem with weed. But when you have your inner voice screaming at you, telling you that you have a friggin' problem, guess what? It's a problem. All people that have an addiction problem or that have a substance abuse problem know within them that they have a problem. So you can't lie. Um, so n- just acknowledging that I had a problem with myself and without needing anyone to really see that. So at the start I wanted someone else to validate me. I wanted to be like, "Hi, I have a problem." And them to be like, "Yes, you do." So once I got over that, I only I'm the only person that needed to be on the same page with me that I had a problem and then I needed to take steps to fix that. So people, places and things would be what I would look at. So where I was living sucked. I was living in a basement apartment. Um, there was like mold and cat shit everywhere when I moved in. And that was just so lovely because you're excited for your first place. Right. And it wasn't that at all. I had windows that were probably like, I don't even know, like a foot, a foot by like two feet. Like if I got locked out of my apartment, I couldn't even crawl in the window. Like that's how small it was. So there's no outside light, really just like a place for depression to like fester and build. And then people I was hanging out with, um, well, we had that in common. We had the fact that we would drink together in common, that we would smoke weed together. um, And then that was kind of what created that bond. And then things, well, I didn't have a full schedule. So I had a lot of free time and devil loves white space on your calendar. So the moment that you start having a lot of white space on your calendar, vices start to come in. And you need to replace it with something bigger so you can't expect to look at your vices and be like i need you to get out you need to get something bigger and replace it and then the lesser will fall off so what i mean by that is what i did i changed my environment so i moved not only did i move like from the place that i was living but i left the province so then i shipped myself out west I was hanging around different people. I had a schedule that was 10 times what I had before. So then I was busy and I had something to do with my time. And that's it. People, places and things. I changed all of those. And then once I was focusing on something that was much larger than being addicted to my vices, I started to realize I really don't have time to be smoking weed all the time i really don't have time to be abusing prescription drugs i really don't have time to have a cigarette midday like i'm trying to deal with all of this stuff and so i feel like if i was in that situation again i would start by moving and i would really change my environment you want something that's going to shock your system i would get rid of the people that you're hanging out with that you have like trauma bonds with a lot of people they trauma bond and they talk about hi this really sucked and then the other person is like oh my god poor you yeah it really sucked for me too and then that's what creates your bond so you want people that are like you know what i want to make millions of dollars i want to you know get super ripped i want to do something that's never been done before you want to bond over things that you have in the future that way you're actually building towards something together and then just get rid of things in your life that don't serve you anymore
1: So how did you go from that environment to say, I want to be a coach?
2: So, you know what? Crazy as it is, I was already a coach when I was going through all of this stuff. And I believe that, you know, when I was 18, 19, I got certified for personal training and nutrition and I was always on top of my game here. And I feel like that was something that as weird as it may seem It was something that really held me back a lot because everyone thought I had it under control. And so a lot of times you're going to see people that are struggling and they need help, but they're winning so much that people are like, you don't need help. You're winning so much. You know, I was already a coach. I had a successful business. I was an entrepreneur. I was living off of my business full time um, and I was drowning and I tried to reach out for help and they're like. Come on. You're winning on so many levels. How many 19 year olds or 18 year olds have their own business and it's successful on their own and you're making thousands of dollars per month and you're, you know, just winning. So, yeah, I was a coach before that. I had already known how to manipulate like training and nutrition to get the results that you want in the gym.
1: So tell us about your program. What do you do to help people with training and nutrition?
2: Right now, honestly, I've taken a huge step back from this because I want to get myself to the next level and I it's selfish, 110%, but I want to be winning on a level where I feel like these are the people I look up to. So the people that I look up to I mentioned are like Grant Cardone, Wes Watson, um and then all of the people that hang out with them. So like Brad Lee is one of their close friends. These guys, Jesse Lee, these guys, they're flying private. They have Lamborghinis. Um, They're super filthy rich. So for me, that always attracted to me as much as like, you might be like, oh, my gallo, whatever. Well, I don't care. It is. So, (laughs) yeah. have to realize that these people have developed themselves to a level to be able to create those things. And so for me, I don't just see it as the Lambo. I don't just see it as the stacks of cash. I don't just see it as like the exotic trips and the palm trees. I really see it as, you know, this person has become so consistent that amongst all of this chaos going on with COVID, all of this chaos going on with the recession, all of this chaos going on with the news and the next thing and the war and the this, This person has become so consistent with their program and their process that they're no longer impacted by that. And they can keep on winning at a level that is like something that takes on a life of its own. You know, it has a compounding effect and you see their success and they're winning all the time. So for me, that's what really caught my eye. So I've taken a step back from coaching. I've taken a step back from recommending what other people do. And I've really been looking at the mirror and being like, you know what, what do I need to do? What do I suck at? And being honest with just less noise, less people being in my circle, less um, incoming information and just being like, you know what, there's areas that I suck at and how can I level up? And right now, for me, I have my body on lock. I've got nutrition. I've got my training. I've got all of that. I know how to do that. And I'm, I'm very successful at it. For me now, what I'm looking at is money has always been something that's plagued me and my family for ever since I can remember. They're like complaining about the bills, worrying about how much this is going to be and all of this other stuff, which I just find is so frustrating. So that's been my mission for the past three years. I've really just thrown myself into that wholeheartedly and just fully committed to fixing that problem. So normally my coaching program is macros. I really like tracking macros because it gives you the flexibility to still not always eat chicken and rice and broccoli. And then after you have your macros, then you want to be training and you want to get into the gym. I like to be consistent with it. Um, I'm looking for anywhere to three to six times a week because I think like Sundays, you just need like a day, you know, like I want to sit down with a book and I want to read and I want to journal and I want to have a Starbucks coffee and I would just want to go to hot yoga. And maybe that's just because I'm a woman and men probably will never do that. But I think that regardless, you still need that day to like reset yourself and whatever that looks like for you. You know, if you have a sports car and you're like, today I'm going for a drive and I just don't want anyone to talk to me, I'm blaring the music and that is my thing, then let that be your thing. But I think that when you're pushing as hard as that, you just need that one day. So that's what my program normally looks like. It's training. We have an awesome training app. I still always use it. I track all my PRs, all my weights, everything, best app ever. And then we have um, macros. So for me, I've gotten to a point where I don't need to track my macros anymore. I can look at this and be like, this is what's in that. That's how many grams of protein. Um, But it takes you years to get to that level of super freak. And then, yeah, that's pretty much it. Everything else doesn't matter. They're like, oh, well, this type of bread's better than this type of bread. That's how many carbs are in there. Let's just get to like the simple things. And then let's make you successful there. Because a lot of people, they want to complicate it. It doesn't serve them.
1: So you talked about something I want to go back to. You said you're looking to win in life.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: What is that? How do you ground yourself? Because suppose you get to the point where you have all the things that you say, or you're looking for, like to make sure you don't have to worry about finances anymore. What's going to, what's going to ground you once you get to that point of being successful? You know, for me, I, I say what grounds me is, is my faith because I can be as successful as the world says, but if I'm not grounded in something, then those things become empty. So what's, what's, what grounds you?
2: You know what? Initially, I was going to answer and say that my process is what grounds me. But then you said faith. And I'm like, oh, shit. Because <laughs> if I'm not following my process, to me, that is me serving God. That's me serving creator. My process is showing up every single day. And for me, I see like women and men are are different. And I understand that the creator has made us different. So I accept my waves. And I accept that for me, every day is not going to look the same. But Every day, I'm going to have the same intentions. I'm going to have the same focus. And for me, that's how I serve our creator is by showing up and being focused on why I'm here, being focused on my purpose and being focused on just becoming a better person day after day. And really, you know, the goal is to become someone that would. The goal is to become someone that me before, probably like five years ago, that would look at and be like, that's the girl right you know and so for me i know that that includes the private jets it includes the lamborghinis it includes all of that shiny shit because that's what gets her attention and it also includes having the faith and having the process and when everything is still like this this shut off your phone shut off the music stop talking to people be in solitude be in silence are you peaceful that's the key to success That right there, if you cannot shut off your brain and you cannot get along with yourself in dead quiet, it means that your conscious is trying to tell you something that you're not listening to. And so for me, that is my ultimate, that's my ultimate success. And my conscience tells me you need to be super rich. My my conscience tells me you need the Lambo, but it's just because the only way to create that is by doing the process and showing up and continually serving others more than myself And that's going to be the result.
1: I like it. So what are you excited about in this season of your life?
2: I'm moving and I'm super excited. I took a break from online, so I haven't been online. Like all of these people are like, hey, what's up? Um, So I've taken a break from online, but right now I'm moving. And for me, that just has like such a deep meaning because I've actually been homeless for 14 months. Oh my. (laughs) After I had, like, a huge – yeah, I know. So, finally, I'm going to have a place. And, honestly, like, I've been talking to my dad throughout this whole process. But um I've taken a few steps back to take a few steps forward. And as much as, like, I could totally afford a place the month after, I just didn't want to because I really wanted to just set myself up in a position where – I'm very uncomfortable. And so I knew that if I'm sleeping in the back of my car and if I'm just pushing myself to my absolute limits for over a year, I'm going to surpass a lot of people that are waking up on mom's couch and, you know, mom is paying the bills. Mom is making the meals. Mom is doing their laundry. I'm going to show aggressive, way more hungry because I know that I've put myself in a position where there's high stress and I need to perform. And so for me, I don't wake up in the morning thinking, wow, I really want to sleep in it and I really want to take a day off. I'm thinking for the past 14 months, you know, I'm on a streak right now. I haven't taken a day off since like two marches ago and I don't plan on it anytime
1: soon. Oh, cool. So I'm always curious, I like to ask my guests this question. As you think about winning, what do you want your legacy to be? When all this is said and done, What do you want people to say about you?
2: So many people like in essence, this is the one message of my existence is that so many people preach balance, but really their balance is disillusioned to being unsuccessful in multiple areas of their life. But this woman lived all out in every aspect of her life. She won in every aspect of her life and had success in every aspect of her life. I'm playing all out. And when I see something that calls me on a soul level, I'm going to play with all chips on the table.
1: Cool. So where can people find you on social media and connect with you? I know you just cut off social media. Rich (laughs) and
2: relentless on IG. Say that again rich and relentless on Instagram. And then we also do have a YouTube channel. So on there I'm primal tribe and tribe is spelled with a three.
1: Well, thank you so much for this conversation and blessings on your journey as you. you figure out what winning looks like. And as you help other people also learn to win in their life as well.
2: Awesome. Well, I really appreciate this. Thank you. Thanks.
0: Thanks for listening to Becoming Bridge Builder. If you enjoyed this episode and want to help support the podcast, please subscribe and share it with others. Post about it on social media or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at BKeithHaney and on Getter and Twitter at RevHeadpin or on his website at alightbreaksthrough.org. Thanks again and tune in next time.